Good afternoon, ladies. We go ahead and begin our afternoon session in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we are continuing our journey, looking at Our Lady and devotion to her, and how we as Catholics in our own lives and communities can help to renew that devotion. So we looked at our first point this morning, understanding the humanity of Mary. And then, a little bit during the homily, being able to talk about the devotion to First Saturday, or the five First Saturdays, talked about how it can't just be devotion, there has to be something interior that keeps it alive, or else it risks just being a bunch of ritualistic actions that we do, and the heart is not connected. And that's where I want to sort of continue. No way, shape, or form, as I said before, am I trying to criticize devotions. As you'll see, I think they're very, very important. We need devotions, the popular devotions of the people, and priests need to encourage that. But the truth is, as I mentioned, there can be problems without devotion. People who want to have nothing to do with liturgy or ritual or Our Lady. But there can also be some pitfalls for those who do practice devotions, who are engaged in the different processions and novenas and rituals and First Saturdays. As I said, it's the risk of sort of it becoming rote, and that's just going through the motions and not really having a meaning for it. And I think that happens quite often. Well, this is just what we do. We pray to Our Lady, we pray the rosary, and we sort of do it mindlessly. We don't understand what it's really about or what the true purpose is. The other part that I sort of alluded to earlier that I think is also still very important is that these devotions, whether it be a mass or a rosary or a novena or a procession, can end up becoming sort of superstitious. Well, if I do these things, then obviously Mary's going to answer my prayers. If I check off these little boxes, then obviously Our Lady is going to intercede for me. That's as easy as that. And that can fall into superstition. If I wear this medal, if I wear this scapula, then all of a sudden everything is going to be good. Again, these things are not wrong, but it's very easy for us to fall into superstitious behavior instead of really trusting in the Lord and his mercy for us. The other issue, if you give me one second. The other issue, and this is one that I think we're all aware of. We can pray our rosaries, we can go to daily mass, we can go to confession, we can have statues of Our Lady. And on the surface, everyone says, well, look how holy that person is. They really love Our Lady. They have a big statue of Our Lady here. They're always praying the rosary. But then, when we're not praying the rosary, we're sitting gossiping about other people. We're sitting tearing them down. We're sitting ripping people to shreds or any other sins. Granted, we're all sinners. I know that. We all make mistakes. But there's that risk of hypocrisy. 
And we have all these things on the outside, but on the inside, and our behavior betrays something much different. And so what's the issue? How do we continue having both our devotions and something that is more substantial, that gives life to those devotions that are so important to our life as Catholics? And I think the issue is, in all the three things that I just mentioned, the problems with devotions in that regard is that there's no relationship with Mary. Relationship is the key word. If we have all those devotions, they're wonderful, but without a devotion, a relationship with Mary, knowing her as a person, knowing her as our mother and our queen, then none of that really matters. It's all hollow. We have to have that relationship or else it all remains external. It's the internal relationship that we cultivate with Mary, who is a human being, who is a person, who is still alive today, who is interested in our lives. That's the most important thing. Because if we get caught up in all of the different rituals and all of the different devotions, we think of it, would we treat anyone else like that? Now, granted, Our Lady is special, and we owe her special reverence and honor, but imagine if you had a close friend or someone that you really loved, and every time you met with him, you just read from a card. This is what I'm supposed to say. You're not even thinking about it. Your heart's not even in it. Eventually, that relationship would fall apart. Now, granted, there are going to be certain times that you have the prescribed things you talk about with your friend. How's the weather? How are the kids? But there's got to be a heart-to-heart. There's got to be a relationship or else it is all external. That is where the heart comes in. It's not just enough to have a devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary and pray a novena to the Immaculate Heart of Mary if we don't know Mary's heart. If we're not open to knowing who she is, her as a person. So when I say knowing the Immaculate Heart of Mary, it's the same way if we talk about people whom we truly love. Oh, I know your heart. Or that person knows my heart. That shows that you've let someone in. We've become vulnerable. We've opened our hearts to another person. And we can and we need to know the heart of Our Lady, to see her as a person. Then when we encounter ritualistically or in the liturgy or in our devotions, then it has life. So that's the second key to transforming Marian devotion. And we've got to have a relationship with Mary, who is a person. We've got to be able to have that heart-to-heart, that personal relationship with her. We hear that so often, and Pope Benedict talked about it a lot, that we can have all of our devotions and go to Mass and follow the Ten Commandments, but if we don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, then it really doesn't matter. It takes a lot more than just a personal relationship with Jesus, but we have to know the Lord as our Lord and Savior. Too often Catholics know about Jesus, but don't know Jesus. They learn about him in catechism, they've heard Father talk about him, but he's just sort of a historical figure. But it's not how it should be. Jesus is risen from the dead. He's still alive today, and through the outpouring of the Spirit, we can know and encounter the risen Lord, particularly in the sacrament. We can have a relationship with him. So if we need to cultivate that personal relationship with Jesus, 
then logic tells us that we can have a personal relationship with Mary. We can know her because she is alive. She's not just a statue. She's not just somebody we read about that lived 2,000 years ago in the Bible. Personal relationship with Mary, coming to know her as an individual, love her as a person, transforms everything and gives, I think, the example to other people who talked about it, who maybe reject liturgy, who reject the sacred, who reject our faith, who reject devotion to Mary, when they see that we have a personal relationship with her, we know Mary is someone who's living as our mother, that we know her heart and she knows our heart, that is going to be something that is attractive to people today, to draw them in, in a way that maybe centuries before it didn't. We've got to know Mary as human, with emotions and with a heart, but we have to have a relationship with her personal relationship. So, that brings up the question, how do we do this? How do we come to have this relationship with Mary? How do we come to encounter her as a person where our devotion isn't just external, but it springs from the heart? It comes from the inside. And again, ladies, I can't tell you, well, if you do A, B, C, and D, it's going to happen. It's going to be a little bit more complicated than that. But I think to a great degree, we can use our own experience of knowing people, of loving people, of having that relationship, of a friendship, of a deep love, and can kind of understand what a relationship with Mary should be like. Who is our mother? Who is our friend? Who is our queen? But I think, though, if we're going to, I'm going to give you an example of how to do this. I'm going to go back to St. Therese, who I talked about earlier. Now, St. Therese began to change our understanding of sanctity because she was so human. And that if you read the life of St. Therese, not only are you going to see her humanity, but you're going to also see that she, I think, embodied for us a living devotion to Mary, what that should look like. And again, the sisters here are much holier and smarter than I am when it comes to that. I don't know, has there been a book written about the devotion of St. Therese to Our Lady? Sister's shaking her head. That's going to be for Sister to write. Get to work, Sister. She's not even smiling. Or if she is, I can't see her because my gla- I, I can't see that far. But look at her. We know a little bit about St. Therese from the very early age when she was born. Her mother was very sick, couldn't feed her properly. And so she had to be formed out to a wet nurse. And so there was probably some detachment issues, as some may say, of her attaching to her mother. She finally comes back, as we know that her mother dies when Therese was very, very young. And so in a real way, St. Therese maybe wasn't attached or connected to her mother as she needed to be, even though her mother certainly was a saint. And so she found that mother figure, first from Pauline, but she really began to develop that relationship with Mary as a mother. Not just a figure, not just a statue, not just a devotion. She realized that she needed a mother, and that Mary was her mother. She knew Our Lady's tenderness. 
She knew her smile. She knew her care. And when you see how she talks about Mary, yes, she uses some of the pious phrases, but there's a keen sense that she knew Mary as a person and had a relationship with her. And she carried that relationship into the convent. And one of the things that I think that many of you may know about St. Therese is that she had a devotion to Our Lady, but she really struggled with praying the rosary. How many of you knew that, that Therese struggled with the rosary? All right, well, look, I'm telling you something new. She would get very, and this is in the convent, so she's been praying the rosary. I'm sure they were praying the rosary in Latin, maybe. She would get very distracted. In fact, she said that praying the rosary cost her more than an instrument of penance. More than wearing the hair shirt, more than disciplining yourself, it was harder for her to pray the rosary than anything. Now, did she sit here and say, oh, I'm a terrible Catholic? I'm a terrible nun because I get distracted with the rosary? No, instead, she says that she knew that her mother, Mary, saw her goodwill and is content with her efforts. Doesn't say, I'm throwing the rosary out. No, she continues, and she's distracted, but she knows that Mary knows her heart because she has that relationship with Our Lady, and that's what's essential. And so it doesn't matter the devotion. It doesn't matter the externals, the rosaries. All those things are good, but Therese knew Mary's heart as a mother, and Our Lady knew St. Therese's heart. She says later that Mary, and we're going to talk about this maybe a little bit more later today, that Mary is more a mother than a queen. That's such an important quote. We love Our Lady as the queen of heaven and earth, but in a certain sense, the queen is distant. The queen is far away. Our Lady is up there, and she's on some clouds, and there's some angels floating around her, and she's wearing a big crown and, and all of that, and it's a wonderful devotion, but there's no connection to that. But Mary is mother. Ah, there's something there. We know what a mother is like. We know what a mother should be like. Many of us have had great mothers, and we can sort of understand that connection. We felt Mary's maternal affection for us. And particularly in a world today that doesn't understand kings and queens. I'm not saying that language is not important, but the more important language for using for people today is that maternal language. She knew Mary as a person, as her mother. There was that connection. She had a relationship with her. I really think it's something that might be very valuable in the study of St. Therese is to understand that relationship that Our Lady had in her life. And so what I'm proposing, though, is the life of St. Therese is, is a locus that we can look at to say, all right, this is how it's lived out. This is how a saint comes to know Mary as a person. It's going to be easier to sort of look at her life and draw some ideas out rather than necessarily say, well, if you do A, B, C, and D, then you know Mary as a mother. But what I want to propose to you is, is again, as we're going to see tomorrow, I can't tell you how to do it. In fact, it's your responsibility. If things are going to change, there's going to be people like y'all, these ladies who are devout, who are going to show the church how it needs to be done. But I can give a few suggestions. 
And I've taken from, let's say, the life of St. Therese, from my own life, and the life of other people whom I know that I think had a real lively devotion to Our Lady. They knew Mary as a mother, as someone who loved them and was interested in them, and knew the Immaculate Heart of Mary, didn't just know about the Immaculate Heart of Mary. The first thing is this, and again, I want to, I've said this, I've repeated it a zillion times. You probably say, Father, quit repeating it. I'm not saying that approaching her with devotions and approaching her in a formal way and approaching her liturgically is bad. I'm not saying that at all. As Catholics, we have the both and. We want both of them to sort of animate our spiritual life. But if you don't have the heart, if you don't have the relationship, everything is just external and doesn't have the same meaning. Is that I'm going to suggest if you want to come to know Mary as a person, to have that relationship, to approach her in a less formal way in your prayer. In a certain sense, in the way that some of you, if you know Jesus, might approach the Lord. I think a lot of Catholics today can understand that need for a personal relationship with Jesus. And at the end of the day, may go, Lord, I don't know why today was so terrible. Oh, Lord, I want to thank you for all the gifts that you've given to me. So, you know, we have our, our prescribed prayers, but we know, I think, a lot of people how to have that heart-to-heart with Jesus. So you pour your heart out to the Lord. Now, you may not hear anything back, but at least you know that you can give your heart to Jesus. Well, we certainly can do that with Mary. It might be easier for some people to approach Our Lady as a mother and to pour our hearts out. In the history of the church, we have this idea of that sort of meditation or mental prayer. If it helps you to maybe imagine yourself sitting with Mary, she's holding your hand. You could be in church, you could be at home, and she's your mother, and you're there telling her all these things. It might be something very easy for people who have good relationships with their mother, even if our earthly mother, even if you don't, you can imagine what it would be like that our lady there comforting you, listening to you, listening to what she might tell you. You can even imagine having coffee with Mary. I don't care. You know, sitting around, talking about your heart, having that heart-to-heart. And so it's, it's the thing not so much about what you say. Oh, i got to say a bunch of Hail Marys. A Mary is not going to be happy with me. No, if every time, again, as I said, you went and you talked to your mom and you had the script of everything that you were supposed to say, eventually she'd be like, wait, you're my daughter. You're my son. Let's have that deeper heart-to-heart. Not that you're necessarily going to do it every time, but you've got to be comfortable enough to do it. And I think a lot of the times we are not comfortable enough to do it. And so it's easy for us to have all right, my little prayers and my little novenas and my little book that I go to and my little statue. And I'm not saying any of that's bad, but it stops us from really pouring our hearts out like we would to our own earthly mother. But from that, and here's the real key, and I think this is important not just for Marian devotion, but for prayer in general. Quite often, prayer then can become a one-way street. All right, Mary, I'm telling you what I need. I'm telling you what I'm feeling, and we're just pouring everything out. We need to be able to do that. But if it's a relationship, we need to be open to receiving. We can pour out our heart, but what about receiving Our Lady's heart? 
What about receiving her love? That means that we've got to be vulnerable. Vulnerable comes from the Latin word vulnus, which means wound. And so when we're vulnerable, we're opening ourselves to be wounded. And for a lot of people, that is difficult to do in general because maybe they've been hurt by their mother or their father or a sibling or a friend, and so we close up. And what happens is we close our heart up, and then we take that to our prayer. If we can't be vulnerable to other people around us, it's going to be very hard to be vulnerable to God our Father, to Jesus, to Our Lady. And so we go there and we're praying, but we still have the walls up around our heart. We don't let Our Lady in. I'm not saying so much that we don't listen to her, but that we make it a one-way street because we don't want to be vulnerable. It's easier for us to love and to give rather than to receive. We tell ourselves we're, we're not worthy. And so what does prayer become? It becomes do, 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 do. Say, 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 say. We put all these things out. We're all active. We're all busy. And we never have the chance just to be with Mary. Not having to say anything. Indeed, if we do say something, that's fine. But to also have the time to listen, as they say, or I think it's probably more appropriate, just to be. Just to be with Our Lady who loves us. A mother who cares for us. That's how we really know Our Lady's heart. Not so much about what she might tell us, but by being in her presence and allowing her to love us. And allowing ourselves to experience that love. But so often, because of that lack of vulnerability, we feel shame. Mary would never love me. I've done too many bad things. I'm too sinful. And so just in the way that we close ourselves off from receiving love from other people, we do the same thing to Jesus. We do the same thing to Our Lady because of the own shame that we feel. But once we come to experience our Lord's love or Our Lady's love, whether it be directly in prayer or indirectly as they show us their love through other people, our heart begins to heal. Our heart begins to heal. And that's the real issue. It's our own shame, our own woundedness that stops us from receiving the tender compassion of Our Lady. I go back, as we've been doing so far, to the movie The Passion of the Christ. My favorite scene in that is the scene right after Peter... Deny, but denies Jesus for the third time. You remember Jesus' head looks up and looks at Peter, and Peter freaks out and he runs, and who does he run into? He runs into Our Lady and John, and he gets on his knees, and Our Lady is there, and he just starts pouring out his heart. I, I messed up. I denied Jesus. I'm such a terrible person, filled with shame. And do you remember Our Lady reaches out to touch his face, and he pushes it away, and he takes off. Takes off. That's exactly what we do. And that's the real problem that we don't have a relationship with Mary. We're so ashamed of what we've done. Maybe to Jesus, maybe to other people. And we go there and we're happy to tell Mary when Mary reaches out to touch us, we don't want to be vulnerable because we're too ashamed and we, whoop, we take off in the other direction. And we stop. But Our Lady is not there to judge Peter. In the same way, Our Lady is not there to judge us. She's not there, and I think that's the thing. If you don't really know a mother's heart, and we don't trust it, we think, just like we were kids, you do something bad, you don't want to go tell mom or dad because you're going to get punished. It's not how Our Lady is. She's there. If she sees you wounded, 
to show the love, to show the compassion, to show the care. And the truth is, a lot of us maybe didn't experience on earth with our earthly mothers. We carry those wounds, and our ladies, they're ready to heal us, ready to enter in that relationship, but we can't and won't allow it. And so that's the third point. As we learn to be vulnerable, to be with Our Lady, we understand that prayer to Our Lady, and I think prayer in general, is more about being than about doing. I kind of mentioned that earlier. True prayer is more about being than about doing. Try to think of someone that you really love and that maybe really loves you. Hopefully it's your spouse, maybe it's one of your children, maybe it's your own mother. person that we really love, we don't need to talk. We can just be with them. Maybe there's a person that you have been talking to, and then all of a sudden it just gets quiet. And y'all can just sit on the porch and look at the sunrise or the sunset. You can allow yourself to be loved, and they allow themselves to be loved, and an embrace and silence. That's more what I think a prayer should be instead of all of this, yapping, 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 is learning to be, allow ourselves to be loved by our Lord and be loved by our Lady. But it means learning to be vulnerable and dropping all of these things to feel that deep connection. And so what our Lady is looking for in a day isn't, hey, that you, you oh, she only prayed two rosaries. She only did three novenas. She didn't kneel down in front of my statue enough. No, she's your mother. She just wants you to come spend time with her. That's what really matters. Your mom, hopefully, your earthly mom's not going to say, oh, my daughter came and she didn't bring me cake. She didn't come and tell me the right things. I don't love her anymore. Now, granted, maybe your earthly moms were like that. I don't know. But the truth is, if we think of it, Mary is just happy for us to come. To say, Mom, I love you. And to receive her love. That's much deeper prayer. And the same thing with Jesus. People get here, they want to achieve something in prayer. I need to get something out of it. I need to accomplish something. We don't need to accomplish anything in prayer. I'm not saying that we just become completely mindless. We can keep our minds focused on the Lord. We can keep our minds focused on Mary. But what matters is where our heart is. Our heart is. But if you don't have a relationship, if Mary's just this abstract figure or a statue, if we don't really open our hearts to her or to Jesus, then we're not going to have that relationship. And so there is a knowledge. It's the knowledge of love. It's the heart-to-heart -heart knowledge. One of the examples that I use most often is imagine you were in the hospital. You were sick and you were in bed. And someone that you loved, a good friend, comes to spend the night with you. And you're, you know, doped out or whatever because you're on painkillers or whatever. And you can't really talk, but you know that your friend is there. The friend might be reading a magazine for part of the time, might be holding your hand for part of the time, are you going to really care? My friend isn't paying complete attention to me. She's a jerk. No. What matters is you say, she's here. She's spending time. She's present to me. That's what matters. Our lady wants us to be 
present to her. She wants to be present to us. Because if we're not present, there's not going to be able to have that relationship. Two persons giving of oneself. That we give ourselves to Mary. Mary gives our, herself to us. And we establish that relationship. That's what it's about. And if you've experienced it, then you know what I'm talking about. Develop the heart to heart. Develop the gift of self. Mary is not an object. She's not a thing, an object of veneration. She is a person. She is our mother. And we can have a relationship with her. So this is the homework. Again, if you want to pray your rosary, if you want to do your little novena booklet, knock yourself out. But what I want you to do is spend some time. It could be in the chapel. It can be in your room. It can be in the garden. Spend some time just being with your Heavenly Mother. Hey, Mary, I'm here. I'll make you distracted a little bit, but I'm here. And you know what? I love you. And I'm sorry if I don't have a good relationship with you. So help me out here. Show me your love. Help me break down the walls. Ask her to be with you and just sort of be quiet. Just sort of quiet yourself and know that you are in Our Lady's presence. If you do it in the chapel during adoration, you could say, say, Jesus, I'm here. I got nothing to say. But I do love you. I wish I could love you more. But I know you love me. And that it's your love that can transform my heart and transform my being. So I'm here. And again, if Jesus is here in the Eucharist, you know that his mother is here too. And over time, he will and she will transform the heart, help break down the walls so that you can know him and her as a person to develop that relationship. But if all we're doing is keeping busy and checking off the squares and running around and being distracted, you're not going to have the heart-to-heart. That friendship is not going to develop. And I think this is where, personally too, and practically, our devotion to Mary begins to change. Who can say, I know Mary's immaculate heart. I know what it's to be loved by her as a virgin and a mother. And Mary knows my heart, just as your mother may know, your earthly mother may know your heart. And it's the heart to heart. That's what we're striving for. And that's what I think speaks to people. And that's what animates and transforms the devotion. How to exactly do it? I don't know. How this is going to, from our own lives, go out to change the church and the world? I don't know either. But unless we began putting some of these things into practice to try it out, to go in that direction, to be pioneers, it's never going to happen. And so that's the encouragement today. We're gonna, I'm going to expose the Blessed Sacrament in a few moments. And in our time of prayer, let's just be with the Lord and be with Our Lady. Giving them our hearts and say, Lord, I want to know your sacred heart. Mary, my mother, I want to know your immaculate heart to have that relationship, that personal heart-to-heart connection of love. Amen.